0: We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life, it still gives us the life live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B, and so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Real Presence Live. I am your host, Blake Riddeman along with John Clark. Um, it's a beautiful Monday morning here in uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Um, Just a pleasure to be with you all, and let's start all great things with prayer as we begin this show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I praise and thank you for all you have given me. Please cover me with the protective, precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, and increase your Holy Spirit in me with his gifts of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, hunger for prayer, and discernment to help me know your will and to surrender it more completely. Father, please heal my negative emotions and any wounds in my heart and spirit. Send the sword of your Holy Spirit to sever and break all spells, curses, hexes, voodoo, and all negative, genetic, intergenerational, and addictive material, past, present, or to come, known or unknown, against me, my relationships, and family, finances, possessions, and ministry. Father, I forgive and ask forgiveness for my sins and failings, and ask that my whole person, body, mind, heart, and will, soul, and spirit, memory, and emotions, attitudes, and values be cleansed, renewed, and protected by the most precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus Christ, I bind and break the power and effect in and around me of any and all evil spirits who are trying to harm me in any way. I command these spirits and their commanding spirits in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to leave me peacefully and quietly. Jesus, I thank you for healing the effects of these spirits in and around me. Dear Holy Spirit, please fill any void in me with your overflowing great love. All this, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ by the guidance of your Holy Spirit, Immaculate Heart of Mary, Spouse of the Holy Spirit, please pray for me and with me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, John, how are you doing today? I'm doing
2: well. Thank That's you for good. pinch hitting today. That's great. That's Beautiful. right. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, uh you know, things happened within yeah. the morning. We Brandon Clark was your scheduled host today. Um, but I have to be sitting near the studio and they gave me a tap on the well, shoulder, and here we are.
2: I hope Brandon's listening because I know that he lost his voice, which is really kind of tough. But it's a blessing for Tonya. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: That's right. I hope hope Brandon heard that.
2: I hope you feel better,
1: Brandon. (laughs) All right. Well, God bless you, Brandon. Well, we have a great show lined up for you on uh, Real Presence Live um, this Monday morning. Our first guest is in studio. We have uh, Patrick McGuire um, from Saints Anne and Jochum. Uh, He brought a little guest with him, too, a little Harriet, too. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you very
3: much for having both of us here.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Patrick. Well, tell us, you know, you've been on the show before.
3: Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Sure, so I'm the director of music at Saints Anna Joelcom Catholic Church here in South Fargo. I've been doing that since June of twenty twenty one. before that I was at Shanley High School and Sacred Heart Middle School as the director of choral activities. And before that I was in college. So I'm still kinda getting into my young career here. But I uh, love what I do, love getting to work with the liturgy, love working with our pastor, Father Luke Meyer, started there this past summer, been learning a lot from him and uh, growing every way I can, and then also uh, growing children here and <laughs> right. feeding my daughter right now, so this is uh, all going well. beautiful, beautiful. Well, Patrick, thank you
1: so much for for being on the show and today we're we're in the midst of the beautiful season of advent the the season of of waiting uh, patiently for the Lord to come. and you know music serves a uh, a purpose in that to prepare our hearts, prepare our minds for the coming of Christ so you know, what is the purpose of advent music? What what does it do for us in our in our time of preparation?
3: Well, it, it serves the same purpose as music in any season does for us. It kind of helps us to recognize what it is that we are celebrating, what it is that we're doing. Um, and this is liturgically speaking, of course. You know, there's not so much, you know, uh, secular Easter music. You know, it's pretty exclusively mm-hmm. religious thing. Kind of same thing. Advents are pretty exclusively religious idea. So we're talking really liturgically, and and what the music is supposed to do is kind of guide our hearts to understand the mysteries around what it is that we're celebrating, what we're preparing for specifically, as you say, in Advent coming of christ but also for the second coming of christ as well advent is not just a time where we're just getting ready for christmas and the baby's coming the baby's coming oh well yes of course and we kind of we we recreate the anticipation that the israelites would have had for the savior to come the messiah but we too are waiting we're also anticipating that as well and so the music serves to kind of um do the same thing that the scripture that we are reading from in any of the readings and mass are doing because truthfully the, um, the the music at mass intentionally um, by its design but with the antiphons was supposed to be all scriptural as well so it's supposed to just kind of envelop us and help us to understand with a little bit more deeper knowledge what it is that we're
2: participating in so it's it's not it's not just the notes it's not just being able to sing it but that I'm guessing that we would in, you would encourage everyone to listen to the words of every song because there isn't there isn't a song that we're singing that doesn't have some advent related Uh, subject or message that we can bring to we listen to the readings right we listen to the gospel we listen to the homily we you know the word is there um but the song sometimes it's like well i just got to make sure it's you know here's the pattern and those because right you know they might not but but it's what's really being said correct
3: and that's where you know sometimes there might be a piece of music and i've experienced this before when i've traveled around to different churches and i have you know i have a degree in vocal music education but sometimes i'm what is this melody? What's going on here? You know, And so it's, it's a great opportunity then to just, I'm going to look at the text here and just see what what are we praying mm-hmm. with here? Because at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. We're praying with these texts. And uh, if you can kind of um, get yourself into that, that headspace of focusing on the text first whenever mm-hmm. we do something musically, um, that really sets you up in a good place for worship.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I find myself, so, well, the practice that I usually do before Mass is I read the readings and the Gospel so I can better receive that maybe we read you know the hymns are listed there let's let's read pre-read those so maybe a little absolutely. bit easier
3: absolutely and i think i i like to do that too especially as i'm traveling around you know i'm notorious my wife you know she'll always get on me about this if we're traveling to a new church as we're on vacation or something the first thing i do is i look up the hymn board what are we singing today who oh, i want to know i want to see uh, but there there is some you know some good merit to that of course as you say if you're doing it for the pure intentions that you're talking about john sometimes i'm nefarious and i i want to see what's going on <laughs>
1: That's great.
2: That's great. I, <laughs> I, I'm on. in the restaurant, industry. I do the exact same thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm going to eat <laughs> someplace, it's just not giving my food. It's it's a full analysis. Right,
1: right, right. So, there's a whole bunch. I mean, a whole bunch of Advent hymns. I would say. I guess I wouldn't say a whole bunch. There's there's a there's there's a few in there. So, um, as far as Advent hymns, how does that help prepare one's heart um, in this season?
3: Uh, well, like as I said, it's it's all about kind of your general disposition and and what you're um, exposing yourself to, what's in those words. Um, And you think about, I I think, the most common Advent hymns you can think of, the word come is in there. Oh come, O come, Emmanuel, come, thou long-expected Jesus, a Savior of the nations, come. These are all, we're anticipating something. We're waiting for someone or something to come. And that's again the point we're trying to expose ourselves and envelop ourselves in a message of anticipation and so you know if, if your music is not doing that for example and, and your music is maybe pre-anticipating it let's say that you know this past Sunday for the second Sunday of Advent you sang joy to the world well, that right, makes right. no sense at all right because <laughs> right. it hasn't come yet you know? mm-hmm. we're waiting we're anticipating and what, what, what the liturgical color is is purple just like it is in Lent Well, there's a penitential aspect to Advent because we're preparing our hearts. It's not just about preparing your house with the lights and presents and cookies for Santa that dad gets to eat. That's a new fun tradition. As a young parent, I'm enjoying quite a bit. Um, But, you know, it's uh, it's about preparing your heart. It's internal. It's spiritual. And so you want something that's going to help you prepare for the coming of Jesus Mm -hmm. in your own heart, uh, but also anticipating the return, um, the second coming of Christ as well.
2: To your comment earlier, you were saying you're not going to sing, you know, a Christmas song. The Advent, musically, kind of progresses as the anticipation grows, right? So, sure. So what we might sing in week one or two of Advent, will we be singing that as we get closer to Christmas? Or?
3: No, and, and I think that, you know, good liturgy helps you... To see that growth and that mm-hmm. journey, right? And so, one of the things that we're, is coming up here this next weekend is Gaudete Sunday. We get yeah, to yeah. experience the Rejoice Sunday, Gaudete Latin for Rejoice. And uh, and there's there's kind of a that's where we kind of start to get the pre-anticipation. Now it's it's like it's becoming more real. We recognize more fully what's about to come, mm-hmm. and so we we rejoice in that a little bit. Uh, but we don't want to take away the joy and the splendor of of the Christmas service. You know, I think we all look forward in some capacity to singing oh, Come, All You Faithful" on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, whenever you go to Mass, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it, I think there's a, there's a great beauty in, in waiting for that, you know, and, and anticipating that. Uh, Cardinal Robert Strauss has a beautiful book called The Power of Silence, mm. and he talks about how silence can actually help us to, to enjoy the noise, that we, the, the good noise anyway, a little bit more. And when I went to a conference a few years back from the Church Music Association of the Americas, Dr. William Mart <coughs> talked about that same concept as well, where he said, you know, sometimes the most powerful moments in music are the silence. And that's a really kind of profound idea. You know, I think about Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Bum, 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 bum. Mm -hmm. That silence right Mm -hmm, after that mm was, uh, to listeners in the classical era when he first wrote that, that would have been just shocking. Like the anticipation must have been killing them. It's kind of the same Mm -hmm. thing here. If we can create that anticipation, it makes our joy ever more uh, wonderful when we finally get to that moment.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just the beauty of music to kind of move the mind but also the heart as you were talking about where as you as you settle in before mass and you kind of receive whether it be you know antiphons or whether it be the hymn and as you participate in that as well there's this movement of the heart if the music is chosen well and it's good liturgy your your heart kind of goes along with your head you know to on this journey and uh and we're moving through this going towards Gautete, where, you know, there's a little bit of rejoicing. Can you, you know, this isn't on our, our show notes, but just a little bit, what is a little bit of rejoicing? How do you hold back <laughs> a little bit? You know, because you you want the full, you know, Christmas, the Savior's born. I mean, my goodness, here he is in the flesh before us. Um, but... You know the church has mercy on us. <laughs> you know <laughs> yep. you know within these poten- penitential seasons Lent and Advent there's this there's this time where the priest wears rose where we kind of there's hope there's mm. there's rejoicing. So in the liturgy what is it going to look like I guess at uh for Gaudete Sunday.
3: Well, one thing that the general instruction in the Roman Missal talks about that's kind of the how to of the mass one of the things it says is that in Advent um the, the volume of the music is one thing that should kind of come back a little bit in particular they mentioned the organ that uh, maybe it shouldn't be quite so grand to have all the stops out and that mm-hmm. kind of thing and so I encouraged all of our accompanists at the church to, to you know kind of dial back on your registrations maybe focus on more softer flutier kind of stops um... And that kind of helps set a little bit more of that quieter atmosphere. But then for this weekend, you know, this is a little bit of the exception. You don't want to go full bore and like, let's pull out all the stops, but maybe pull out some of what are called the mixtures that have a lot of different stops uh, encompassed and then kind of give that characteristic organ sound for hymnody. Mm-hmm. And that's something that can kind of like signal to you without saying anything, oh, there's a little bit more exuberance here. There's a little bit more joy um, that can be found. And so uh, there's that. Um, I can't remember for sure off the top of my head, but I want to say uh, "People Look East" is a hymn that's mm-hmm. uh, that's coming up here. That might be for the fourth Sunday of Advent, but in any case, kind of that that growth towards Christmas, we start to have. Uh, a little bit more of a maybe a bouncier style hymn mm-hmm. dum 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 dee da, dee, mm-hmm. da, da. there's a little bit of joy that's happening that's uplifting as opposed to Save. savior of the nations come which is beautiful in its own yeah. right but that's that kind of minor mm-hmm. mode traditional metrical uh, hymnody style so that or, might or be or one difference
2: or people O oh lord we think the mass the last the closing is- song at St. Santa Joachim yesterday. Oh, it sure, that's Save right. Savior people of oh the Lord.
3: That's, <laughs> that's right. There's a little bit more of that bounce to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's some of that hope that, that can sit in there very very fine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Again, the
1: beauty of music where just that this a simple melody change from major to minor or just the, you know, the the metric of it as well can just kind of do something to your heart where you're like, okay, something's happening here. Right. So, and even for I think of children, you brought your your daughter Harriet as she gets older, you know, my my kids, you know, are learning to read and they're all different stages and things like that too. But there's something about just that movement of metric volume, everything where you're kind of, okay, this, this is joyful. I don't know what it is, but I'm supposed to go like this. Right, <laughs> so right, you, yeah, you know, exactly. It's so it's, it's amazing what music can do with that as well. So we're talking with Patrick McGuire, the, uh, from St. San and Joachim, the director of music. they talking about Advent music, the the importance of good liturgy um, through Advent as we move towards Christmas. Um, we're going to take a little break here in a little bit. And as we get back, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Advent and Christmas music. What What is the difference? And, uh, you know, to settle a debate, if you will, of do we do we listen to Christmas music <laughs> before Christmas? You know, and kind of go back and forth on that. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Blake Ritterman, along with John Clark. And we'll be back on the other side of the break.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live, the Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing.
1: The Mustard Sea Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco.
3: This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic with Bible Study. The letter to the Hebrews describes the scriptures as a double-edged sword. This weapon is so sharp, it can cut us to the bone, revealing our hypocrisy, our justifications, our self-recited limitations, and our hidden motives. They are like a riverbed clogged with boulders. Our lives then become stale and boring without the fresh, clean, rushing waters of God's Spirit. And yet these waters can rush in through the Word of God. In the same way, it may be painful at times to read the scriptures God gave us, but the life they bring is crucial. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Today, allow the word of God to clear away the obstacles that block you from a total life of holiness.
0: Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace. Power. Purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. you're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local
1: area, heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Blake Ritterman, along with John Clark, and we're speaking with Patrick McGuire from St. Saint San Angelicum Parish about the beauty of the liturgy, especially during the season of Advent, as we anticipate uh, Christmas coming in the next couple of weeks, so before the break, we were talking about uh, just the beauty of Advent music this this time of anticipation, and there's there's a good, healthy debate I think out there <laughs> in uh, in Catholic circles and other circles as well. Um, whether you should listen to Christmas music during Advent or not. Uh, Patrick, I would love to hear your (laughs) opinion uh, within your expertise of liturgy. Of uh, Where should we go on this?
3: Well, first thing I'll say is this. I'm not going to pontificate to anybody what they should or should not be doing at this point. I have zero authority over your life in that way. Uh, But what I will say is um, I I think you have to kind of look at, what is the music doing for you? What's the purpose of the music? You know, I think for some people, you know, maybe there's a. a, a deceased family member who like your tradition with them was listening to music and like that might do something for you that really does speak um to, to something good this time of year um and you think about like our catholic schools for example you know at most schools around here are having some kind of holiday or christmas concert our, our catholic school shanley for example has one coming up this weekend and um you know they're going to sing christmas music it's a christmas concert and it makes sense because they're not at school over the christmas time when most of that christmas season is happening so there's practical reasons where yeah it's okay to have some christmas Music here, and that, that's not that's not like a, a doctrinal issue by any means. Like there's not something that says thou shalt not listen to Christmas carols during <laughs> Advent. You know, there, there's nothing like that. Um, but again, I, I pull it back to what is it doing for you? If the Christmas music that you're listening to is just kind of a participation in the season because it's just everywhere, and I don't know why not. You know, maybe find a deeper reason. You know, I, I, I pull it back to food. Sometimes is a good analogy. Like, why am I eating this? I don't know. I just I'm just eating it. Well, that's probably not a good be like. You you don't need to be snacking for the sake of snacking, right? Mm-hmm. You want food that's going to nourish you. You want food that's going to be good for you. And you know, at a. a- a festive occasion, you know, a slice of cake or three, uh, is not a bad thing necessarily because you're celebrating a birthday, but if you're just sitting at home on a Tuesday night, uh, four slices of cake is a terrible idea. You should not be doing that, right? So, you know, how are you being nourished by what you're listening to, I think, is a good question for each person to ask themselves. If we're talking about preparing our hearts for the coming of the Savior, and there's a little bit of that penitential element of what Advent is, as reconciliation services very frequent throughout our diocese here and advent and lent because they serve some of the same purpose there well yeah there's a there maybe good reason to pause and ask myself what is this doing for my heart how is this helping me to prepare for the coming of the savior and am i building my anticipation or am i kind of jumping the gun a little mm-hmm. bit here um by listening to my music you know I'd, that that answer might be different for different people again depending on what your circumstance is but i would say on the whole more than likely you know if you hold off on that um, that joy and that um, experience of the joyful, I, th- I think you'll you'll find that it's a much more fulfilling experience Christmas Day. Because how many times does it happen when you get to mm-hmm. Christmas Day and it's like, oh, the Christmas music is there and we're done. Oh, no, mm-hmm. Christmas keeps going. Yeah. You know, that's where it yeah. starts. It's you can start playing the music now. Right, yeah. We've been
2: listening to it since Thanksgiving. Right,
3: so. yeah, exactly. And that's part of the problem, too, is like any store you walk into these days, what mm-hmm. do you hear? It's all you know, Bing Crosby and all the other great hits, right? It's Michael Buble and Mariah Carey singing her wonderful song, and <laughs> she makes $2 million on during this time. I read a stat. It's like she's made over $70 million on uh, All I Want for Christmas is You, and it's like every Christmas it renews with like at least yeah. 2 to 3 more million due to the plays. It's like unbelievable, oh, so...
2: Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, the Christmas season is not the Advent season. Right. Because, uh, you know, the Christmas in a more secular point of view, because I know that there are many that listen to the Christmas music because that, that gets them in the spirit. Right. It might not be the spirit of anticipation, but that's a very special time of the year for them. Right. So, right. you know, to really take, uh, have perspective on Christmas music, when you say, I mean, it's the purpose from um, our, our uh, faith-based Approach to it versus the purpose of a happy song, just to be getting in the you know in the giving spirit and and you know try to do more. Would you say?
3: Yeah, I think so. And there's. You know, if you really get into the weeds, I'm studying for my graduate degree at University of Marion. We talk about this in music history. You go way back to the ancient Greeks and how they talked about music. There's a lot of warning about music where it's like, hey, you be careful what you listen to. This can really affect who you are. Like, this will develop your character in a good way or in a bad way. Mm -hmm. And so what you're doing is is really important. Why you listen to what you listen to is very important. You have to be judicial about these kind of things. And in our common um, uh, world out here, our culture today, you know, music is, is... by and large a thing of entertainment. You know, it's, sometimes it's hard for us that are professional musicians to get respect for our profession because people just look at us as entertainment, uh, more or less, whether or not they recognize that or not. So to get some professional recognition for there's a rhyme and a reason to what we're doing and there's some depth here and there's some beauty here, if you will give yourself the opportunity to experience that, pump the brakes, just trust me here for a minute, then we can go a different route. You know, that it, it's hard to, to wrap people's minds around that because it's just so commonplace. It's on YouTube, it's on the radio, mm-hmm. it's in the stores as you're walking around it's all over the place so it, it, it's hard to 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 kind of get yourself to step back out of that
2: so and that's what i think that's where mass comes in in a sense to just to kind of pull let's let's center ourselves again right. let's because and there are um, other activities during that but like vespers for example right uh, you know tell us a little bit about it's a lot of vespers is an opportunity that a lot of parishes around diocese and around the, the listening area i'm sure you know participate what what role does vespers play I and mean, how can we grow by, by going to Vespers. Well,
3: the same way if you just open up your Bible, I mean, just expose yourself to scripture, right? That's never going to be a bad thing for you, getting yourself to hear the Word of God. And that's, by and large, what the divine office does for you. It helps you be exposed to more of God's Word, to understand how God thinks and how God acts by exposing yourself to what God does. And so the Scripture really gives us a good sense of that, and what the Divine Office helps us do is to encounter the Psalms in a very profound way, in a repetitive and meditative way. We just had it last night for the second Sunday of Advent out at St. and Joachim, um, and you know, we're praying these different Psalms, and, and we're um, you know, meditating back and forth. The priest is saying one line, and the congregation does the other line, and as they go back and forth, while one is silent um, and the other one is, is singing, uh, you listen take that in, and then you get your chance to respond, and it become, you internalize that text so much more. Um, and so, that, that's just going to deepen your relationship with Christ, which is only going to help your heart, which what we're talking about here is being able to prepare your heart for the coming of Christ. And so, if you're able to expose yourself more and more to the Word of God and understand more um, what it is and participate in that, well, geez, that's a great thing to do in Advent, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah there, there's so much beauty in just so much wisdom in the church. I think just having the season of Advent first off, but also the divine office of how it's done publicly in the community, where it's that back and forth, that right. back and forth, that very kind of metric way of doing it. But just like you said, it's giving you an opportunity to to listen, <laughs> to silently take in to what the Lord is saying through the Word, the Word of God.
3: And you think about what that music is too, by the way, you know, I, when I think about the Liturgy of the Hours, I think about Mass and and what the music is doing for me there. I really don't want the music at Mass or in the Liturgy of the Hours to do what, you know, when I'm blasting Billy Joel in the car, you know, I love Billy Joel, I love Journey, I love all these different artists, I, they're so much fun to listen to, that does something different for me. Mm-hmm. I don't need my, my culture of my music that I enjoy for enjoyment's sake, you know, to maybe relate to more on a uh, maybe day-to-day cultural, personal level, I want an encounter with Christ and mm-hmm. that's what the Mass is about. I want to encounter Christ a little more directly. That music is not serving the same purpose for me now. It's it's serving to, to give me a deeper connection to my Lord and Savior. And and to have that encounter with him, and that happens in the mass in a, a beautiful and profound way every single week. So I don't I don't need my culture to to, to come with me in that way in terms of my day to day life mm-hmm. and, and everything else. There I, I've kind of would like a little respite. I kind of want to have a little sanctuary mm-hmm. uh, to go to and and experience that. So that's I think a very important thing to think about when it's you're trying to figure out you know what's what's the difference here. What am I trying to do? Well, there's a completely yeah. different end goal when you're going to worship.
2: So the director of music, you're really someone who who lays out the hymns and the psalms and the or not the psalms, but the hymns and the music for for the season, uh, do you as a uh, director of music, I mean, there's a certain clinical element you have to take toward it, right? So when you finally do put together the the songs and, and things such as that, do you find yourself able to get back into the true meaning of of the words? I mean, because I know you put a lot of work in to well, choosing the right hymn, right? right? Mm-hmm. So do you, how, I mean, is it easy to cross back into the, because you're almost like a teacher and then you're Practicing what you're teaching, right?
3: Sure, absolutely. Um, I I think there's a nice, uh, there's a healthy separation for me. You know, when I'm, um, you know, maybe working on doing dishes, for example, and I throw in some headphones, I'm listening to music, I'm kind of jamming out a little bit. You know, like that's that's nice, casual, easy listening for me. I enjoy that, you know. Um, But when I'm going to worship, um, there's a completely different end goal, as I mentioned there, for what I'm doing, and so when I start off with the easy It, kiddo, <laughs> um, when, I, when I'm picking music for Mass, you know, my process always starts by looking at the text and seeing what is there for us and what are hymns that relate to the message or the theme of what it is that we're celebrating, and so I start with that, consult my pastor, ask him, you know, what kind of things are you hoping to draw out of this, and we sit down and we meet and we go over the list of music, too, so everything we're trying to do is just to make it all fit. Um, and the, it's it, it's a tricky job sometimes, yeah, you know <laughs> it's, yeah. and because and you have to balance you know not only you know what's the message here, but also what's singable for our congregation. And sometimes mm-hmm. you kind of have to take a leap and just say, you know what? there is something really good for us here. This is a brand new hymn, it might just come out of left field to some people, but you have to expose yourself. I mean, how do you know the music that you know today? Mm -hmm. Well, at some point you were exposed for the very first time and it was probably done ad nauseum for for a Mm -hmm. particular amount of time or whatever, um, and now it's just part of your your repertoire for your personal self that you know. Well, That's how any exposure or knowledge is, is given. At some point you have to be exposed to it. So part of my job is to help expose people to that and to give people an opportunity to encounter Um, a new way of looking at Christ, a new way of hearing about him, and that's what music can serve a great purpose for. You know, one of the um, origins of Christmas carols is actually St. Francis of Assisi. I didn't know this until recently, but St. Francis of Assisi is one of the people that's attributed with developing Christmas carols because he was trying to teach his congregation about Jesus, and so he took secular melodies of of French uh, troubadour music, and he would put messages about Christmas and, and teaching about the Blessed Virgin Mary and other kind of things and many other people did this as well um, but St. Francis of Sisi is one of the people that's attributed with that and I think it's a beautiful thing you know, Like that's kind of what the purpose of music does for us it helps us get another angle another lens into mm-hmm. it it's kind of like you know, the homily gives us another angle another lens mm-hmm. we repeat scripture at masses throughout the liturgical year to give us a renewed perspective it's all about trying to renew your perspective and help you continue to grow towards Christ
1: that's beautiful Patrick I just really appreciate your service and putting your whole self into this. It's such a gift because it's in service to all of us in the congregation sitting in the pews as well. Any final thoughts in the last minute here of how would you encourage other others to really uh, enter more fully into
3: the Advent season? I think um, the one of the biggest things I think that will give you the most fruit perhaps, especially at this point, is look up the O antiphons of Advent. These are the, the seven days preceding Christmas Eve um, the Advent, um, the O Antiphons of Advent, and they are, they're just a series of different names and, and titles and understandings of who Christ is, who is coming. They're part of the liturgy of the Hours, the, the Magnificat Antiphon, before we sing the Canticle of Mary, but they've also been included after Vatican II as the Gospel verse for the Daily Mass mm-hmm. leading up as well, so you'll hear them there, but just look up the O Antiphons and just let yourself go down a rabbit hole for about 15 minutes and uh, you will you'll get mm-hmm. some fruit out of that. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: This is uh, Blake Ritterman and John Clark with Real Presence Live. We were speaking with uh, Patrick uh, Patrick McGuire from St. San Joachim about the liturgy. On the other side of the break, we're going to be speaking with uh, Tom Zimmer and Zach Harlstrom. Uh, stay with us, and we'll be back in just a moment. Live, engaging, and local.